Blog Talk Radio. Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, one, one. We have ignition. Strap in. about college football, we're going to kind of go over last year's 2015 AP preseason poll, see how these so-called experts did, um, and I'm trying to get my headphones working, and I'll play with those when I bring on and he starts talking, but tonight it's about a few things. We're going to go over the preseason poll of 15. We're going to do our predictions for 2016. We're going to go over some games. Uh, for this Thursday through Saturday. Welcome. I mean, it's football time. And these so-called experts, Jonathan, they're just they're so funny when you, you hear them called experts and you go back and look at those predictions and you see they're not that good. Yeah, well, it happens every year. And it's usually guys uh, that find themselves on ESPNU the majority of the time, to be honest, like Danny Canal uh, and Joey Galloway who uh, will pipe up with, well, you know, looking at this year, I don't see how North Carolina is not a playoff team. Really? Or Texas A&M or UCLA. You know, there's always a team that they're going to hitch their wagons to because it's different when in all reality it's just wrong. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what your playoff predictions are this year, Brian, because I have a feeling that we might differ yeah. a little. Yeah, and you know what? Again, if you can name the playoffs right now, then you're you're an expert because it's it's difficult. Let's go back to 2015 a minute, and I just want to show you everybody put stock in these preseason polls. Ohio State was one. Okay, they lost the game. I can't really kill the AP for that. That wasn't a bad pick. TCU two, terrible. Alabama three, about right. They won the championship. Baylor four. Get them off my screen. Michigan State, five. They played very well, made the playoff. Auburn, six. We saw how that ended. Oregon, seven, really. Uh, USC, eight. (laughs) Georgia, ninth. Florida State, ten. Florida State was a little better than tenth. They were in a rebuilding year, and that's why the AP put them there, and they finished a little higher. Notre Dame, 11. Uh, Clemson's, 12. And let's just go ahead and give you an example. Oklahoma, 19th. So, Clemson last year started with kind of low expectations, not being the best team in the ACC, Florida State was. And you saw Oklahoma at 19th when you had, all you heard was Baylor TCU, and there's two of the playoff teams right there. You know, two usually come from the top ten, but then there's also two you have to watch out for, Jonathan, that come sometimes. When I say out of nowhere, I mean in the top 40 somewhere. You never know. And I think a good example, Oklahoma – 
and Clemson, and then you look at 2013 with Auburn coming out of nowhere, and even Florida State. Florida State, the year they played in that championship, they weren't expected to make it, were they? No, it's funny. I was going to bring up that 2013 championship game because you had Auburn, who I can't remember if you guys were ranked or not, but if it was, it was the back end of the top 25. And Florida like State started a – Right. So the BCS championship game was number 24 against number 13. You know, uh, and then last year, um, you know, with Baylor was ranked high – and had their ranking justified until they lost their top two quarterbacks. I, I do want to I want to throw that caveat out there. As much as people want to kind of pick on Baylor and say, well, they still haven't done it, they still haven't gotten a quarterback through a complete season since RG3 won the Heisman. Uh, TCU, obviously, that ranking did not seem justified after, after what happened in, uh, in November. Uh, Ohio State, like you said, Unanimous number one, not not just number one. They were unanimous, and they had that one weird tough loss. Uh, but it, you're, it always seems that whenever expectations are lower for Oklahoma and they're ranked somewhere between 15 and 20, they make a run like this. Uh, and the ACC always seems like their best team is never the one ranked the highest. So I mean, it's it's always wacky and fun to to see how this pans out every year. And I think it's interesting that Alabama's number one this year. And, like, you know, before it's like, okay, now all these experts are jumping back on the Bama bandwagon at the worst time possible. <laughs> I mean, me. And I know people think I'm crazy. This is going to be the best. I'm hearing safe and defense. And I'm like, how can you say that? Like, losing everybody they lost, I'm hearing, you know, this is what you hear from Alabama fans. This is the best best defense and do you see that I mean am I crazy for thinking why do you think that I mean because I look at what they lost and and I know they they dominated recruiting but I mean they lost let's see let's see four starters or five starters in the front seven Jonathan starters that is now their secondary is real good with Marlon Humphrey Fitzpatrick and Jackson Um, but I mean they lost a lot but how's this going to be the best defense under Saban? That's what I don't understand. I don't know if this is going to be the best defense under Saban. I know people love it. Oh, with guys like Jonathan Allen and Tim Williams and Reuben Foster, there's a lot of love for the talent in that front seven. But let me say this. Alabama has been preseason number one twice under Nick Saban. One of them was that 2010 year. Right, that 2010 year, the forget, you know, what they would consider the forgettable year. And then the other one was 2013. And it's funny how Auburn always seems to wreck it whenever their preseason number one is foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> made the title both times, too, foreshadowing. Uh, anyways, um, but Alabama, whenever the four times Saban's broken in a new quarterback – they won the championship. So, and this year is the ultimate um, oxymoron of years for them because they're preseason number one, which means that they shouldn't make a run. Uh, they should have a very good year. Let's let's not, you know, say that they're not going to win double-digit games. I think that'd be foolish. Um, but 
It also states that they should make a cha- they should win the championship. So I'm interested to see where this lies. I really am, and I think I oh. honestly believe that their running game is going to be worse than people expect. I agree, and and one thing different about this quarterback situation is, you know, AJ McCarron got to play a, a younger guy when he came in, and he was just a good quarterback. So. This year is different. You know, the last two, they, they've started some fifth-year guys, graduates, and, and quarterbacks, so they're getting some experience. This year is a little different. I, I think they struggle at that position until that freshman hurt starts playing better and gets experience. That's the difference, and they don't have that that running back. I know Bo Scarborough is supposed to be the, the bomb, but until you show me that, I don't believe it. So how do you compensate for a team without a quarterback if your running game struggles, that's where we're going to we're gonna look. But let's look at this year's AP 25 right quick. Alabama, Clemson 2, Oklahoma 3, Florida State 4. So now looking at that, I'm thinking one of those teams make the playoffs, if, if you're guessing right. How many do you think will make it in the college playoff out of those four? These AP voters, you know, they're real smart and all. Uh, honestly, I think two of those four make it. That's that may be right, but but you look down and you see Ohio State in a in a way, you know, a sixth ranking for them. They put a chip on their shoulder with the talent and the quarterback coming back for them. Watch out, Michigan at seven. I think they're getting a little too much love. Stanford at eight, getting a little too much love. Tennessee not getting enough love at number nine. But I mean, you go down the list. Let's look through fifteen through twenty-five right now. Let's just. Houston, UCLA, Iowa, Georgia, USC, Oklahoma State, North Carolina, Baylor, Oregon, and Florida. I do not think there's a team in there that can make the playoff. I do not I see agree. a come from behind. I mean, Houston would have to have – they would have to dominate Oklahoma and hope, and hope Oklahoma wins out and dominate Louisville and hope Louisville wins the ACC championship – for them to even be in, con- in conversation. I fully believe that. Yeah. And, and you know, Baylor's going to have a drop-off. Everything has happened there. Oregon, I mean, they keep going to the SCS for quarterbacks. We know what's going to happen there. Florida sucks. I don't know how they're even ranked in the top 25. Southern Cal is ranked because they're playing Alabama week one. We can all agree on that, right? Yeah. And I was a team that 17th, they don't play anybody, but they'll get beat when they play somebody in their conference. But you got to look out for, like, even TCU at 13, sneaky team. Uh, Michigan State at 12, I think they're a little overrated there. Ole Miss at 11 is a little overrated. But I'm just saying there's not much separating uh, the 40th team in the country from the 10th team in the country. I mean, it's just not a lot. It's a schedule, quarterback, who's coming back, things like that. And this year I think there's going to be a team. Will it be my Auburn Tigers? I'd only pray, but it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be a, a shocker to me if Auburn comes out and wins the SEC West. I mean, it just wouldn't because I've seen it so many times, and you've seen it so many times. that It's just it depends on what your schedule is, how hot you are. But it's it's just like when Clemson, Last year, I don't think the expectations were too high. Do you? When you look at a Clemson team breaking in a quarterback at number twelve, that's uh, that's not even a New Year's Day bowl. That's not even the six. You know, 
for the most part. That's about right in there. So that I don't think the expectations for Clemson were to win the ACC. I think Florida State was supposed to. They shocked some people, played good ball, and and they won. This year, Clemson starts out number two. Some people think they're number one. How does it how does it shift, Jonathan, to Clemson now being the hunted after what they did last year, having Watson, the best player in college football, back on their team? What happens? How does Clemson react? How do they respond? You know, Brian, that's a great question. We haven't seen Clemson being the the hunted. Uh, It's always been, well, when's Clemson going to screw up? And it seems, you know, and a lot of people have put the bed this term. And I'm not ready to do that just yet. It seems that whenever there's high expectations on Clemson, uh, well, they pull a maneuver called Clemsoning, and they'll lose a stupid game. And last year, everybody said, well, they didn't do that, so, you know, we have to put it to bed. Well, okay, one year doesn't, no. you know, make the rule. Um, so, and lo- looking at it, I think Clemson's in for a, a dogfight. They've got a target on their back, especially in the ACC. It's the same thing, to be completely honest, that Alabama's gone through, that Florida State went through in 2014, even last year. Uh, it's the same thing Ohio State's gone through. Uh, probably, you know, honestly, since 2012, uh, when they went undefeated that year that they were uh, banned from uh, bowl games. Um, so I, I think, you know, looking at it, this is going to be a great test of Dabo Sweeney as a coach and as uh, and Deshaun Watson as a quarterback. Because if Watson can handle the pressure, that's one thing. But if Dabo can't and uh, he makes some coaching blunders and you noticeable ones, I mean, this Clemson team could slide back to a 10-2 and two year, and all of a sudden everybody's wondering what just happened. And I've, I've watched Dabo Sweeney interviews, Jonathan, and he's a little nervous about this game coming up the season. And I look at Gus Malzahn's interviews, and, and it just seems like he's just ready, chomping at the bit to get out on that field. And, and the way I'm hearing it is, you know, the Auburn players have a chip on their shoulder big time, and this is a very talented team from underperforming, where Clemson, you know, getting there, almost winning it, yeah, that that puts a chip on your shoulder, but again, you have a chip on your shoulder, but everybody else is coming after you, where, where like Auburn, nobody's really looking at them as a serious threat this year, and that makes you a very dangerous team when you have nothing to lose, but I want to see how Clemson responds to that this year. I want to see, because I know when Auburn starts off high, they usually finish low. And I'm wondering how Clemson does, you know, Auburning. You can say Clemsoning, Auburning. Auburning does the same thing, baby. I mean, it's they'd be up in the top five, and they're going to win it all, and they get blown out the first two games, and you never hear from them again. Um, that's the frustrating part about being an Auburn fan, if you if you want to know the truth about it. It's it's the swings. It's not like you have nine and three seasons as an Auburn fan, you either go to a national championship or you're stuck in high tip in the SEC. There's no in-between, it feels like sometimes. And I think this year could be a year that the whole SEC West gets turned upside down. And uh, I think the ACC, I think we know, I think the best team in the ACC this year is Florida State. And it's, you know, the preseason polls won't tell me that. You look at the preseason polls, they have Florida State, what, at number five or so, something like that. Yeah, four. Um, to me, I think it's better than Clemson, talent for talent, everybody at positions. Yeah, the quarterback, they're not better than Clemson at. But what happens with an injury, Jonathan, um, in Tallahassee in a game where Clemson 
you know, last year they had the luxury of playing at home. Now they go to Florida State and Tallahassee. What happens if they lose that game? That's the game they had to win to make it. So I think Florida State's got better odds to make a playoff than Clemson at this moment right now, based off playing at Auburn and Florida State. Oh, I agree. I mean, obviously, being a Florida State fan, I have uh, really high expectations. And now, you know, last year I thought we'd go 10-2, losing to Georgia Tech and Clemson. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened. Didn't lose to Georgia Tech how I wanted to, but, uh, you know, you can't control a loss of the loss. Um, but, you know, was, and last year... Was that year, the, the fake pun, or was that the blocked field goal? Or? Yeah, that was the blocked field goal. Yeah, oh, block field goal. Yeah. Um, anywho, uh, so, you know, last year I team like Clemson Jeer, and, you know, one of the reasons behind this is if you look at the two longest home conference winning streaks, home games against conference opponents, who has the two longest streaks? It's Florida State at 21 and Clemson at 16. These are two teams that dominate in conference when they're at home. And it's, you know, it's when, wherever the Florida State-Clemson game is has essentially become the decider of the ACC uh, as far as the championship. You know, 2013, Florida State went in there and, and for lack of uh, better terminology at least that I want to use, beat that ass, all right, 51-14. <laughs> but, but if you look at the years prior to that, and one but of the reasons why Florida State – You were a huge underdog in that game. You were a huge oh, yeah, under, what? You were an underdog in that game. Oh, yeah, Florida State fans were really nervous about that. And to be completely honest, I was nervous about that game until Florida State smoked Maryland 63-0. Then I went, nothing stopping us. Um, lo and behold, Auburn came along and said, mm, not so fast. But um, that's another conversation. Uh, so, I mean, it, it's it's weird the way that rivalry has gone. It, now, I mean, could anybody argue that that's one of the top five rivalries currently in college football? Is I mean, is there a better – um, you know, good conference rivalry right. like that. Um, not not interstate. I'm not talking about Alabama Auburn. I'm talking about you know Florida State Clemson is like you know Alabama LSU, which is a great rivalry. Yeah. Even though the past couple of years it's been a little lackluster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think Clemson needs to get better before we we put them up there with Alabama LSU. But I see where you're coming from. It's not Florida State's fault. Is Clemsoning. That's the that's the the term that, that we'll use. Clemson's <laughs> going to have to win a few more games before I could say, you know, it's all possible if you beat somebody. Sometimes, you know, like Auburn sometimes beats Alabama. Not much, not enough, but you know they win enough to keep it. Like, okay, this is interesting. This is the Iron Bowl, and you got to admit, Auburn playing with. You got to think. Under Nick Saban, since Nick Saban's been at all, at Alabama, Auburn's played for two national championships and one. That's not bad. I mean, that's not terrible considering they they hadn't played for one since 1957 before that. So, um, you know, keeping pace with Alabama in state is tough because Nick Saban has a well-oiled machine there, and the fact that you know people put Gasnell on down, yeah, he he doesn't beat him every year, but. He's beating in a couple of big games, Jonathan, and I think if they can continue to win, and we know Florida State will, then Clemson, Florida State, they take on one of the top three rivals in college football. But right now, Ohio State, Michigan is going to be back. I think that's going to be something in the beginning, unless I take a heart attack. 
you have Auburn, Alabama, Alabama, LSU, Florida State, Clemson. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't disagree with you right now. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, just looking at the significance of it, Florida State, Clemson has decided the ACC division, I want to say the last seven years. Um, and it's decided the conference champ, I want to say, like the last five, in all honesty. Uh, so that's why I think that rivalry's gotten up there. Um, and I think you, you know, I think it can be compared to Michigan, Ohio State, to Alabama, LSU, uh, you know, the, you know, Alabama, Auburn. You know, I think Clemson has surpassed Florida and Miami as Florida State's most important game on the schedule. Um, you know, and I'm not the only one who thinks that. There's actually been a lot of Florida State fans who have the same belief because, and just to be completely honest, Florida sucks. You know, you said it earlier. I'm yeah, going to agree Florida with you. Florida, really, Florida is, sucks. Florida really a, is Florida really a ride for y'all right now, honestly? I mean, well, you know, well, the hatred still runs extreme. See, here's my problem when you say that. <laughs> is Auburn really a ride with Alabama right now? Uh, yeah, they have to be. I mean, because well, they're, Florida they're, has to be. They're playing for national champion, playing for national championships though. Since Florida State's been making this run, right? But I mean, Auburn's beaten Bama what twice in the past five years? Yeah. Uh, you know, Florida's beaten us yeah. once. You know, you're like, is this even really a game? It is. It still is because let's face it, both fan bases really don't like each other. As much as we try to say it's all nice and smooth and there's no hostility, I can't meet a Gator fan, an open Gator fan, and actually like the person. I can't do it. Cannot bring myself to do it. Can't, just nope. If I see a Gator license plate or a sticker on the back of a car, I automatically give them the bird. Don't even think. Just uh, so, you don't, so you don't like Paul Ewing then? No, he's busy, right? Uh, no, no. I actually, I don't. No. Nope. Nope. You know, and, and it's nothing personal. It's just that's how deep the, the hatred runs for me. And whereas Miami fans, you can put up with a little bit, but you have to treat them like they're a joke because, to be completely honest, they are a joke. Um, you know, anybody who's a fan of Miami football, Georgetown basketball, the Dallas Cowboys, the Lakers, and the Yankees, I, I yeah, we're not we're not seeing eye to eye here. <laughs> um, you know, we're you know it's. That 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 rivalry is kind of like what's one that compares to that? It's kind of like USC UCLA, where USC fans look at UCLA and go, "Uh huh, sure." Who's your football team? Because we know your basketball team is. Who's your football team? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so you no, know it's rivalry. Uh, you know, it's rivalry when I get phone calls in the middle hmm. of February or March, and I'm getting phone calls. Talking about how bad Auburn sucks, or how bad we're going to beat you. <laughs> you, you know, you know it's a rivalry when you almost cut the blood on Thanksgiving Day with your family the day before the or two days before the Iron Bowl, and you almost have a fight at the dinner table. You know it's a rivalry, and you know there's some tension there. So, I had a brother-in-law that didn't talk to me for six months after the Iron Bowl of 2010. He told me Thanksgiving they were going to kill Cat Newton, they were going to end us and all this, and we came back and he was sending me text during the game when it was 24 to nothing, and I thought he actually killed himself out of the game, but come to find out he didn't. He said his phone quit working, yet he runs a telephone company. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
it's a hate rivalry. Do I hate the fans? Yeah, I do. I mean, to an extent, yeah. I mean, do I like? I mean, there's people in Alabama fans that I'm cordial with and have a relationship with. That's fine. But when it comes to their fanatics about football, yeah, I don't like them. I mean, it's just because it's just rivalry. It's just part of it. Let's ask Quinn. He lives up north, and uh, I don't know. You, you don't really understand the Auburn Alabama rivalry. Do you? I think you have to live here to understand it. I I do understand it because I've read enough and I have family that lives there and I've heard stories. Okay. So, yeah, I know how bad it is, yeah. It's a a hatred there, man. But it's also like, you know, you have to work with these people. You have to, you know, everyday life with them. You have to deal with them for 365 days a year. That's what makes it a tough rivalry. If you're Ohio State, Michigan, you know, those out-of-state rivalries are as intense because, I mean, you know, USC and Notre Dame, I mean, it's a rivalry, yeah, but you don't go to work with these people and – and have to deal with them every day, right, Johnson? I mean, Florida, Florida yeah. State, you interact with them every day. You're, you're there with them every day. Miami, same thing. Mm-hmm. No, I agree, and it's funny. Florida State-Clemson is a bigger rivalry than expected because there's a huge Florida State fan base in South Carolina that obviously affects how intense a rivalry can be, where you're right. Like, USC-Notre Dame, it's a rivalry, but – Really, how intense is it? You uh, Notre Dame and Stanford, great games. There's no doubt about that. But you're like, eh, there's really no animosity there. Um, uh, M- Michigan's more of a rival than Stanford is. Right, because of the closer proximity. Uh, and yeah. uh, let's face it, you know, I, I have family from up there. I have friends from up there. Notre Dame is the team of the Midwest, you know. If you were in, if you were Catholic and you're in Michigan, Ohio, Illinois, especially Illinois, Indiana, but I've heard Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, and Minnesota, you grew up a Notre Dame fan. That was just your team because you were Catholic, they were Catholic, and they were good. So, you know, there's a lot more rivalry, which is why Notre Dame needs to join the Big Ten. But there's a lot more animosity and rivalry with teams like Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen fist fights over this game, guys, and like seriously, over the Alabama Auburn game, I've seen I've seen it over the Alabama LSU game, I've seen it Florida Florida State game. There's hate in Clemson South Carolina. There's hate there. Anytime you you have close proximity with people, there's hate involved, and it's not you got to have some hate. There's not a rivalry. If you if you respect your opponents, then it's not a rivalry. You gotta hate them in order for it to be a, a true rivalry. You know, you you may respect the player once they get to the NFL or whatever. But I mean, I had a guy called me up, a Bama fan, talking about how great they were, how bad Auburn was, and and all this. And I just can't wait till we beat that up for Clemson Saturday night. And see what he says. I want to see what he says then. You know, it'll be here's what it'll be. It'll be like. Uh, Clemson's not, not any good. You know that. Clemson's not good. They're just overrated. That's what you'll hear. But it's not going to be an upset Saturday night as we'll talk about. Gwen, are you are you still feeling good about it all for Clemson game by chance? Because I'm feeling a lot better about it. it yeah, I, uh, I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty good about the game. I I think I think it'll be a good one. 
I think for sure. I I just hope it's a good day, a good game. I'm not necessarily yeah. expecting Auburn to win, but I expect them to keep it close. So well, yeah, I expect them to win. I'm feeling pretty I good though, to about win. it. You always expect to win, but but one thing, and I, this is interesting, Jonathan Danny Sheridan, and you know, I make fun of him a lot, but. He's pretty good at predicting wins and losses for teams this season. And one thing he said is he had Auburn winning 10 games with Franklin in third. That's who he thought was going to be the quarterback. And that's really where I put my eggs in, all my eggs in that John Franklin the third basket. Now with uh, Sean Watt there, it's just kind of like, okay, guys, I know you know better than I do, but I'm disappointed that that Franklin the third is not the quarterback. And I think that shows – how important having a dual threat quarterback at that offense is, Jonathan. Danny Sheridan recognized that you, me, Quinn. Um, I don't, I'm just not sure. I feel good about it, but I feel a lot better if Franklin is our quarterback throughout the rest of the year instead of, instead of Sean White. Oh, I, I, I definitely understand that. Uh, you know, I still think we need to give Sean White some time. You know, he was so green when he came in last year. Uh, he's got another year under the playbook, uh, better chemistry with the, with his teammates, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I honestly think you know, let's let's be patient, let's give him time. This isn't and, like this isn't and, like and just Rick. And Jonathan, he said something the other day that kind of rung true when he, he said last year I didn't prepare to be the starting quarterback. And if you think about it, he was right. That was Jeremy Johnson's job two years ago. We already knew that. So. He came yeah. in. He wasn't ready. He wasn't ready to take over that starting job when he did. Now playing through Mississippi State, Ole Miss on the road, uh, going to games, playing you know big games. Now over the whole year, he's been training to be the starter. That's a lot different than Jonathan. When you're when you're working to be the starter and you think you're preparing to be the starter, yet when you come in a backup role and take over because the guy's thrown 25 interceptions in three games. That's a little different. Oh yeah, it's huge. I mean, I you know obviously we've seen in that Florida State where uh, JJ Constantino in the bowl game, the, that deer in the headlights moment, where he's like, "I'm never getting in." And oh crap! Um, you know, we 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 saw it with White Sexton at FSU, and we've seen it at other schools. You know, it happens all the time. Somebody goes down, and it's how does that backup actually respond? Notre Dame got lucky with Sean Kaiser. Um, Ohio State got lucky not only with JT Barrett who at least had some time, but Cardell Jones had no time. Um, you know, so I, it, it, it takes good coaches. And honestly, it takes coaches who understand that things like the injuries happen. Bad play, ha- you know, bad play is something you can't control much, but injuries happen. And you have to make sure your backup prepared for that. You know, and, and, you know, maybe Gus was working so hard with Jeremy because there were certain things in practice that weren't going right. And Sean was kind of, you know, they were looking at going, look, man, you're really not going to play this year. Because as long as Jeremy doesn't get hurt, you know, you don't have to worry yeah. about it. But, you know, and that was just, a, it was a, last year was a freak. It was a fluke for Gus uh, where he had no control over the quarterback situation. This is somebody that had control when he's at Auburn as an OC. When he was the head coach at Arkansas State. And as the head coach at Auburn, he did with Nick Marshall, no doubt about it. So, you know, I, I think there's and more you- control this year. And the offensive line question last year, too. While they were trying to gel at different positions, 
it was like the perfect storm, wasn't it, Quinn? Where you throw a quarterback in that was a fighter, but yet he wasn't ready from a mental standpoint yet, but also the offensive line trying to adjust. And it was just, I mean, to win seven, to go six and six last year, to beat Memphis at seven and six and to play as close games as they did, I, I think they overall. It, it was better than what it looked like after the first two. But here's some breaking news. I don't know if you guys heard that or not, but Eddie Bridgewater is out. I don't know if y'all y'all heard about him tearing his ACL. But, oh, um, they diagnosed it as an ACL tear? I thought it was a dislocated knee. Wow, he's done for the year. Well, well let me make sure. Hold on just a second. I thought it was. It says uh, on Tuesday um, suffered a non-contact injury to his knee. Practice was probably canceled. Let's see. Coach Zimmer called Bridgewater's injury significant in the Tuesday news, Tuesday news conference that didn't have a timetable. Um, I'm hearing it could be an ACL, but what are you hearing, guys? Uh, one of the guys that I was paying attention to, uh, I believe it was Jason LaCanafona um, for uh, the NFL uh, Network, uh, reported dislocated knee. But I know they were running MRIs. I don't expect an official until uh, tomorrow uh, or, or uh, Thursday because you have to, for an MRI, you do have to wait for the swelling to go down. That is one of the problems with an MRI. But a dislocated knee, it could be, I mean, there's a point where dislocated knees can be severe enough to tear ligaments. Um, mm-hmm. And that could still be a season ender. I mean, you know, this is, it's a fluke injury, and this is where, Everybody says preseason. Guys only get hurt in preseason. Guys, I'm telling you, the games matter. Maybe we can trim a game off. Maybe we can do three preseason games. But guys get hurt in practice. He got, It was a non-contact injury. Things happen in football, unfortunately, oh, and I hate to hear about Teddy Bridgewater getting hurt. Jonathan, he has a torn, he has a dislocated knee and a torn ACL. Oh, Lord. Wow. Oh man, he's That's out for the man. he's out for the year. He's out yeah. for the season. That's no, no bad doubt. for Minnesota's offense. Where's oh, Jason missing at right now? I bet he's I bet he's about to. I mean, because this was, I mean, this is bad for me and my fantasy team having Adrian Peterson because now you, they're going to load up the box on him and I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't think Minnesota's ready for that. They're in deep trouble which makes Green Bay fans sit over there and laugh. And Quinn, Chicago may get a win or two now. What do you think? Yeah, I thought they were going to split with Minnesota, but depending on how bad that offense is, if that offense can't do anything, they might get two wins against Minnesota. But, yeah, that's unfortunate. And it's a, a non-contact drill, guys. This wasn't this wasn't in a preseason game like Romo was in. This was, uh, I mean, just a drill, man. And it sucks. And when it, you know, Jonathan, sometimes some of the worst injuries happen when you're just least expecting it. And that's why you have to be careful. Like in college football, you see it when you're when you're you're playing Citadel or something, and you kind of let your guard down a little bit. That's when you get hurt. I mean, look at Bridgewater. Probably had his guard down a little bit doing something, didn't think of it. Boom, he's gone. And it happens. But you have Nick Chubb injuries where he gets jerked down from behind and it, it, it gets twisted up. And uh, Russell Wilson, up. So you see people that's 
that's, that's going through this before been injured they really understand what he's going through and man it sucks at the timing of it because Teddy Bridgewater is a good quarterback for Minnesota and how do they put all their eggs in that basket, Jonathan? In the Bridgewater basket. Who's their backup? Uh, Sean King? Sean Hill. Sean Hill. Or Sean Hill, that's what I meant. <laughs> Sean King. Oh, uh, I mean. He's about 70. <laughs> oh, don't bring up Sean King. Those are bad Buccaneer memories. Um, Sean Hill, <laughs> I mean, he. I, I think Sean's an adequate backup. You know, he's not going to make dumb mistakes. This is a, a veteran. Um, who's tried and tested. He's not going to lead the league in passing yards or anything like that. But what they're hoping is he can keep defenses honest enough. Uh, you know, this might be a situation to where now they're they're looking at the, the veteran market. Maybe they poke around San Francisco and see if they, you know, if they cut Ponder uh, to bring Ponder back. Because, I mean, Minnesota made the playoffs when you were Christian Ponder at quarterback. You know, and maybe they can try and bring him back into the fold and hope that the, uh, you know, Again, at this point, you need a game-managing type quarterback, unfortunately. Uh, looking at it, you know, it, it, it's just it's Minnesota, man. They always get hit by the worst injuries at the wrong time. They really do. Yeah. Well, maybe Colin Kaepernick can go up there. What do you think? Maybe they can get him and his non-starting never to play again but up there, America-hating ass up there to, to Minnesota and play. Herb and Mark Sanchez, they're they're both going to be looking for jobs. So what do you think? Well, I mean, Sanchez can leave Minnesota. Uh, to be honest, I'd rather uh, have Sanchez or even you know Sam Bradford. I know Philly obviously is not committed to Sam Bradford for the long term, and even Minnesota wouldn't be. He's on a one year show me deal, but obviously Bradford doesn't want to be in Philadelphia. You know, he's got uh, guys breathing down his neck for his job. Uh, you know, Chase Daniels got a good amount of money. They took Wentz number two overall. You know, maybe the Vikings call the Eagles and say, look, give us Bradford. Well, they didn't take Lynch, did they? They took that other kid. Yeah, Carson Wentz. Is that, yeah, he's out yeah. for the year. Oh, you said Wentz. I'm sorry. I thought you said Lynch. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, uh, you know, maybe they call Bradford, uh, Philly for Bradford. Um, maybe they call Denver for Sanchez. You know, it just right now it's it's, it's going to be really weird to see. Uh, you know, I mean, maybe they call the Bucks for Mike Glennon. Though, for everything I've heard, the Bucks won't move Glennon because this is weird. Teddy Bridgewater is young enough uh, to where you don't want to make a decision and it be like a long-term type thing. You're looking for a patchwork quarterback. Uh, so who who knows what they can get done here? But definitely, it's a huge blow to their chances of making the playoffs. Hey, I'm going to ask you something, guys, and. And Jonathan, I'll start with you. And I heard Colin Cow- or Colin Cower talking about this, and he brings up a good point or a good conversation. I'd say, you know, from time to time he does. And you know, you have Watson coming out this year, probably the best quarterback in college football, and and he's probably going to have to go to Cleveland. And like, shouldn't there be something? I mean, because these guys can't make money until they their fourth or fifth year, really, or or get their value. Do you think it's fair that these best quarterbacks have to keep going to Cleveland over and over and over and over and over again in these sucky teams and then in their careers because they play for teams that aren't equipped to handle them and they put them in the fire too early? When, when, do, we, when do we start seeing changes in the way the draft is being handled, Jonathan? Because I, I see the point. If I'm Watson, I want to go to Cleveland. I'm not going to Cleveland. There's no way. Um 
So you remember Manning's done that before. We've seen it happen. Uh, I think that's a legitimate conversation we can talk about, don't you? Because, I mean, Watson's career would be over if he goes to Cleveland. And where if he went somewhere else, he may could end up making a lot of money and being successful. So when do the players get enough power to say, hold on, well, I'm not playing for this team no matter what? Well, we have to remember Cleveland's got a new management structure, uh, you know, with, with Hugh Jackson and everybody. Maybe uh, things will start changing for the better. I, I think Hugh Jackson was an excellent hire as a head coach. And to remember, Eli Manning was the number one pick, and he got traded to the Giants who had the number four pick. And he sat behind Kurt Warner. I think what teams have figured out is you kind of want to break rookies in slower now. Um, and I think, you know, if Cleveland were to take Watson, they would have a veteran that would probably play over him at least for a little while uh, until he takes over. I mean, Josh Freeman, you know, his career kind of flamed, his career flamed out. He didn't take over until like week eight. Rodgers uh, had an extended time. Brady had an extended time. Eli sat behind Warner. Uh, you know, a lot of the you know, Romo sat behind Valenzo. Well, Cam didn't, and neither did Andrew Locke. Um, you know, like Carson Palmer did. You know, Drew, uh, Drew Brees uh, did. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of quarterbacks that sat behind and learned behind a veteran before they were given the, the full reins of a team. Well, so I, I think it's well, almost become wiser for teams to do that. The thing with Cam, though, is his organization made an effort to make the team better building around him at the time, where Cleveland and some of these other teams, they don't. They just throw him in there and say, okay, we're not going to spend any money. You just go out there and win some games for us. But had Carolina not made the moves they made and built the line and the defense, Cam Newton may not be in the league today. He may be hurt. And and that's what you got to worry about. Look at Look at Andrew Luck right now. He got lucky. The Colts got lucky to to get Andrew Luck, and now look at their offensive line, how bad it is. Terrible. Right, and, right. and I mean, look at how good RG3's first year was, and then, boom, you know, it, it fell apart as quickly as it came. And that was, of course, due to some injuries, and that had a lot to do with his playing style. I mean, Andrew Luck got hurt last year because of what happened. Um, but, you know, we've seen quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers who have not had the best offensive line but it's still found ways to produce. And then you have, you know, a guy like Jay Cutler whose offensive line is crap and he can't produce. Or you have the Bucks offensive line, which was crap, and Jameis Winston found a way to produce. So, I mean, it's, it's really, you know, it's, it's really, really hard to put a quarterback that you draft highly into a perfect situation because odds are your team's not that good and that's why you're drafting that high. So, you know, you have to, be, you have, to have a little bit of luck when you're drafting that high, because look at Blake Bortles now. You know, that team, has they've done a good job building around him, but it took a couple of years. Yeah. Well, what do you think about it? I mean, you see so many quarterbacks come and die because they're thrown to the wolves too quick. And I think there ought to be a rule that says if you've drafted two quarterbacks two years in a row and they've died under your watch, then you're not going to get to choose another one or something. I don't know how it goes, but something needs to happen. Quinn, that's directed to you, man. Oh, it was? But, yeah, Never I mind. think. Uh, uh, Jonathan, uh, Quinn, I'm sorry, did you hear me? Yeah, I did. I thought you Go muted ahead, me answer, for a second. 
I did earlier, but I brought you back. Okay. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's a good point because the same teams seem to draft quarterbacks all the time, and they never seem to pan out. So yeah, I think something like that should happen, or they just pull a Joey Bosa and don't don't sign the contract, and then you just go to like free agency or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just – I just wonder if you could change it up a little bit. Like, Jonathan, what do you think about, like, there being a – like a lottery, kind of like NBA has. If you finish last, well, you've got a better chance to get that pick, but it's not guaranteed. I just think sometimes that would that would help the tanking situation Ooh. in the NFL, make the last, I just last week a little better. What? I think the best team should – the team that won the Super Bowl should be able to pick first, and then you go from there because it'll give franchises <laughs> more motivation to get better. Oh no, Quinn! I don't see what you're saying, but man, that, 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 would, that, would, that would be like Alabama getting the player, which I do anyway. That's why you see Alabama being so dominant. They get the best player every year and uh, the best team, and. Pretty soon you're going to have about four good teams and the rest garbage if you did that. <laughs> oh, that's true. Well, I mean, if you look at the yeah. NFL, they, they they say parity. There's really not that much parity to begin with. Uh, the same teams kind of tend to uh, dominate and win championships. Uh, I mean, let's just call it what it is, you know. Uh, so I, I think a lottery might work. You know, the NDA and the NHL both instituted a lottery. Uh, Major League Baseball doesn't have to because you're not drafting guys who are going to contribute uh, theoretically right away. Um, Boston obviously got lucky with like Ben Intendi and the Cubs with somebody like Chris Bryant. But you know, looking at like the NBA and the NHL, they both instituted a lottery for all the non-playoff teams. You know, obviously whoever finishes with the worst pick has the highest chance of getting the first pick. That's not always how it works out. Just ask Cleveland. Um, so, I, you know, I mean, not Cleveland. Ask uh, the Pelicans. So, um, you know, I, I think the NFL can institute a lottery, and I think it, it could make sense. Uh, but, you know, how long until somebody, you know, we have a Cleveland situation where they had two picks, and if there had been a regular draft, I think they both would have been outside the top five, and they wound up with the number one and number four pick, which wound up being Kyrie Irving and Tristan Thompson. And how long until that happens and a team goes, well, wait a minute. Uh, you know, well, why, why are we doing this then? So, you know, I, I think that there is a legitimate uh, argument to our lottery could work, but, you know, if the NFL really felt like tanking was an issue, they they would have done something about it by now just because Goodell seems to always like to stick his hands in the pot. Or, or how about this? How about, like, the first players to be drafted or like, you have awards, right? You, you, somebody ranks on the public together and they rank them in the first place get pick team you want to get to second player but you can't each team you have to pick a team so if you're the last player ranked in the first like if you're 32 you've got to go to the team left and that's just the way it goes but if you're the first player you get to pick the first if you're the second player you get to pick the team you want to go to and it's, what do you think about that that'd be pretty cool it would be I mean, it'd be interesting just to see where players lie, but, I mean, I have a feeling that most good position players would tend to go to teams that were contending or made the playoffs. You know, quarterbacks, it would 
their little up in the air as to where they mm-hmm. go. Um, yeah, and certain, yeah. Cool. You know, running backs. If you're mm-hmm. Watson, where do you go? Just think, just pretend right now, Jonathan. If you're Watson right now, and say you were coming out right now, you wouldn't go to Carolina because Cam Newton. You wouldn't go to New England. You may go to New England because Brady only has a year or two left. You know that would be interesting. But you wouldn't go somewhere with a quarterback stack. You would go somewhere in the middle. You wouldn't want to Cleveland, but you may end up going to, uh, let's say, Chicago. Right now, with their situation, end up going to Minnesota now that Bridgewater's hurt or something. I mean, you know, it, it would be interesting to me to see that. Maybe I should submit that for an idea and patent it. Oh, How about that? Yeah. I mean, it, it would be a cool concept, and I'd like to see if they did like a test trial, if you will, and ask guys at the combine just for grins, go, you know, you know, where would they want to go, blah, 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 kind of a thing. Um, how it would work out. The problem is, how do you get a bunch of people to agree on the top 32, um, you know, for, as, <laughs> yeah. for each round? Uh, and, that, would like, that would be a conspiracy right there. It would be, uh, <laughs> all of a sudden, you know, yeah, I, mean, I we, can see what you're saying. There's, there's a conspiracy theory right now going on. Well, why do you have him number one for? He's not the best player. Right, you know, it, it would it, it would become you know a team like the Patriots, who like to take guys higher than they're projected. To be honest, uh, you know, would be like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> you know, like we have to pick out of this list. Well, this sucks, or we get chosen out of this list, you know. Um, so I think it, it would take a lot of power out of the hands of the GMs, and that would bother them. Um, you know, I mean, you could institute almost a USFL rule if you really felt obligated to and told teams you could only draft in their region. Uh, but, you know, that obviously would create certain issues with, well, who gets Alabama and who gets, uh, you know, who gets a team like, uh, you know, for instance, Nevada or Boise, you know, where there really is no NFL team, you know, then you're having to really try and figure out what's going on. You know, so I, I think the NFL draft can stay as it is. You know, teams just have to get better at developing talent. And if a player doesn't want to play for a team, hold out. A team has a month after they draft you, if I'm not mistaken, to trade you. Right? If you're not traded by then, you can hold out. You know, Bosa held out until this week. Michael Crabtree held out until October. Bo Jackson held out for the whole year and got redrafted the next year. And that's the thing. If a guy does not sign after being drafted, he can just hold out and be redrafted the next year. So I, I think, you know, that we might see more players sold out just because, like, I don't want to play for this organization. You know, as long as they don't listen to their agents who tell them you'd be stupid to turn down the money now. All right. Good enough. we gotta, we got to hurry it on up here, guys. We've got some predictions to make um, in college football. And we're going to start. If you'd like to call in, 646-716-5564. A lot of people don't like to talk trash until the season starts. And I know I know who you are. So, um, Pac-12, we have a North and a South Division, Quinn. And uh, give me who you have winning the Pac-12, each division, Quinn, and the champion of the Pac-12. All right. I think Stanford wins their division. And then I think uh, UC either I think UCLA wins their division. 
think? Johnson, and then I ahead. think Stanford beats UCLA. Okay, Stanford mm-hmm. champion. Yep. All right, Jonathan. Uh, I'm going to have UCLA win the Pac-12 South as well. Uh, and the Pac-12 North, this has kind of been a trendy pick this year. Uh, and after going through everything and looking at their schedule, I, I, I'm i on board with this. Uh, and it'll probably come back to backfire. Quinn will probably be right. Uh, but I'm going to take Washington to actually win the Pac-12 North. And uh, I'm also going to take Washington to win the Pac-12. So you got to win the South. Oh, UCLA. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with Southern Cal to win the South and Washington to win the North and Washington to win the South. Well, Jonathan, I'm on, I'm on the same one as you. Let's see. Let's see who Jason picks within the Pac-12. Jason, who do you have in the South? I got winning the South. I got USC. I think we're the most talented Talented team, and I know I'm going to get called a homer, but I'm going to pick Oregon to win the North. I mean, it's not a stretch. I mean, if you pick an Oregon no, to win the North, that's really not a stretch. If you look at that schedule, yeah. it's not a stretch. Washington and Stanford both come to Eugene this year. So, so what about the Pac-12 champion? Um, I got USC winning it, um, just because I don't want to drink my ducks or drink, or drink USC. So I got USC winning the Pac-12. Okay, so the Pac-12. Well, and there's a question for everybody: Will the Pac-12 have a team in the playoff, Jonathan? No. Quinn. No. Jason. No. No. And I say no as well. So, all four of us think so. It's actually probably not going to happen. Okay. All right. The yeah. Big 12. We, we know we, we we know the Big 12. That they don't have a division, Jonathan. They have like 10 teams, and it's not a very good conference right now. I'm going to say Oklahoma wins the Big 12. I mean, it's not really a stretch. I mean, Baylor could sneak in there, TCU or Oklahoma State or West Virginia, for that matter. But who do you have winning the the Big 12? You know, there's a lot of love around TCU right now. A lot of people think they're underranked. Um, and, you know, with Kenny Hillock quarterback and everything. But I'm going to take Oklahoma to win the, uh, the Big 12. I know whenever there's high expectations, they struggle, but – it's hard going against them. Uh, Jason? I'm going to go go off the board. I'm going to say TC. All right. I'm going Oklahoma State. Wow. Well, it's wow. a good pick. It, it could happen. It could happen. Now to the ACC. We got uh, Atlantic and the Coastal. Jonathan, I'll let you lead. Well, in the Atlantic, I have Florida State winning it, probably something that's not a surprise to anybody. Uh, In the Coastal, I think it's going to be a dogfight, but I have North Carolina winning the Coastal. Win? 
Yeah, I have uh, Florida State, North Carolina, North Carolina, and then Florida State beating North Carolina. Jason, I got um, Florida State winning the um, Atlantic. I got Miami winning the Coastal, and Florida State making the playoff. Yeah, I got Florida State and North Carolina. Florida State winning it. Only one team from the ACC in the playoffs, and that's Florida State right now. That's my opinion. All right, let's move I on agree. to the to the uh, the Big Ten right now. We have Beneath in the West, Jason. Um, who do you like in East, and who's going to win? The East will be um, Michigan. Yeah, the East will be Michigan, and the West, I want to say, I'll say Nebraska. Um, everybody's on the Iowa Hawk hype train, but I'll say Nebraska. Michigan winning Big Ten. Quinn? I got Ohio State from East. From the West, I got uh, Iowa and Ohio State beating Iowa. I got Michigan and Iowa, and I got Michigan winning the Big Ten. Now I'm going to go with Ohio State. I, I, I think Michigan's getting way too much love. I'm going to go with Ohio State. I like what Jason said about Nebraska, but I'm looking at that schedule and, and who they're returning. I have to go with Iowa in this game, and I think uh, I think Iowa wins the Big Ten this year. Mm. Oh, I'm joking. Come on now. Come on. It's Ohio State. That's a joke. It's supposed to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You're no fun. All right. And out of that, I think – I think one team gets in to the playoff with that. I think Ohio State, if they win the Big Ten, I think they get in. I don't think the Big Ten's strong enough for two right now. I mean, happy teams. That's kind of like the ACC to me. Uh, I, I just think there's there's a clear cut one and two, and I I think one of them's going to get in it. So let's move on to the one that matters, the big the SEC. You know, oh y'all want to hear that. Um, <laughs> The SEC East, Jonathan, and the West. Who you got? I know who you got, but just go ahead and say it on air. Uh, I have Tennessee winning the East and LSU winning the West, with LSU winning uh, the championship game. Okay. Quinn? I have Tennessee winning the East, Alabama winning the West, and Alabama beating Tennessee. Jason? I got Tennessee winning the East. I got LSU winning the West. I got LSU winning the SEC. All right. I've got Tennessee winning the East, LSU winning the West, and Tennessee winning the SEC championship. And you'll see two teams in the playoff, the SEC, LSU, and Tennessee will be in there in the playoff. Oh. Wow. Um Oh, wow. Yeah, I don't have two conferences with with two playoff teams this year. I, I just – you know, it's funny. The year it happens, we're going to expand to an eight team. You know that. The minute it expands, mm-hmm. it's going to be an eight-team playoff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm praying that Auburn wins the West. You know, I'm just praying. 
But until I see Jarrett on the third on field, or I see Shawn on the field at well, or I see Jared Johnson rejuvenated as a new man, I, I just can't predict it. I mean, I'm a homer too, but I can't sit here and say that Auburn's going to win the West without seeing it first. I know LSU's quarterback. I know their running back. I know how stacked they are, and and I think they'll lose a game. I do. I think they may lose two games, but I still think they'll win the West. And uh, but Tennessee guys, to me, they're the clear cut best team in the SEC this year, based off what they have coming back, based off their schedule. They play both Florida and Alabama at home this year. Johnson, I mean, this is Tennessee's year to win the SEC. I just went to the East. I think the East is the Gibson. They don't win the SEC East. That's a disappointment. But they, I think they're going to take that next step. And I, and I don't think they're going to rematch Alabama. They're going to beat Alabama and Tennessee. They're going to get a chance to play LSU. And I think that's where Tennessee matches up well. They beat LSU in Atlanta. Uh, I mean, I definitely have high expectations for Tennessee this year. Uh, you know, I, I, like you said, the schedule is definitely favorable. They returned so much talent. Uh, I, I just honestly think, looking at it, I think LSU um, is the best team uh, in that uh, in that conference. You know, I have LSU um, playing uh, in the uh, in the national title game. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you can see how high I am on LSU. I, I just think after. But since 2011, they've kind of been in a little bit of a of a lull, and I think this year they break out of it. Uh, you know, Les Miles gets everybody off his back. But, but I'm gonna tell you this about LSU though, and and it better happen. If they don't get a quarterback play, they're not gonna win the West. And they yeah. they have to. I mean, this guy's gonna have to Brandon Harris. He's been third year. You'll know early in the season how he's going to look, but they're—I mean—they got all the receivers. They got Dupree and Durrell back. They've got their—they got three offensive linemen back. They're ten of the defense. And the defense wasn't great, but again, it's another year under their belt. They lost a defensive coordinator. It's—it's uh, going to be tough to beat LSU this year. Looking at their schedule, they—they they play at Lambeau. They play Jacksonville State, Mississippi State at home. Then they go to Auburn. I think they lose that game at Auburn. But I don't think they lose another one. I mean, I think Missouri, Florida, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Ole Miss and Bama are at home at Arkansas, South Alabama, and at A&M. You could see an 11-1 and LSU team going to the SEC championship or even possibly a 10-2 and LSU team going, depending on if they beat Bama or not. That's the, that's the difference here. I, I think LSU, LSU or Alabama's division to win. But I think Auburn is the wild card to sneak in there and, and win it all. But they do play LSU at home, and they do play their first title. So you just never know. I don't think Ole Miss – I think Florida State's going to take the wind out of their cells early. But, Jonathan, if Auburn beats Clemson that first week, would you would you believe they have a chance to win the West? Yeah, I mean, if Auburn beats Clemson, I have to believe that that team is considered not only a contender – but definitely um, one of uh, I, I think they supplant Ole Miss as one of the top three uh, in that division, um, at least for this season. I, I think uh, you know they they have a schedule that uh, sets up favorably, at least in the first half, uh, with with all those home games. You know, and if you can take advantage uh, of beating Clemson and then letting momentum roll, you know you beat Arkansas State, 
and then, you know, you beat A&M, which would be huge since they haven't beaten A&M in Auburn yet. Uh, and, you know, then you get LSU. And the home team tends to win that game uh, more often than not, uh, 14 mm-hmm. out of the 16 uh, times, you know, um, previous 16 times the home team's won. So Auburn definitely has an advantage. You have homecoming. Then you have to go to Mississippi State, which will be a tough game, you know, because it's at Mississippi State. Mississippi State's coming off a bye. Uh, but, you know, you're home against Arkansas. Going to Ole Miss will be tough. There's no doubt about it. That's still a good team. Uh, home bandy at Georgia, you know, just because of how intense that rivalry game is and the fact that Auburn has struggled against Georgia over the past 10 games. Um, you know, I, I think that that's a game you can't ignore. And then, of course, the Alabama game at the end of the year in Tuscaloosa. You know, I mean, they get three of their, you know, five toughest games easily are, are on the road. And that's always something that's very hard uh, to, to do. Yeah, I think Ole Miss will be done by then. I don't think Mississippi State is going to be as good without Prescott. I think they're going to struggle a little bit. And I think Georgia, with a freshman quarterback, if Auburn's just a, a contender at that point in the year, Quinn, I think Auburn um, will be a different team. I mean, I don't think you'll worry about where they're playing at that point. Once you get once you get to games 10, 11, and 12, really where you're playing is, is kind of a because You're playing with everything on the line. Yeah, I agree. In rivalry games. Yeah. But the first five set up perfect for them, guys. I'm telling you. I mean, if you, you – I mean, you got three tough games out of those – or actually four tough games. Arkansas State's not a pushover. But you're all at home probably at night. That's the key, Jonathan, is you're playing night games and not these 12 o'clock noon games where teams don't wake up. You got your You got your fans engaged in Jordan Air Stadium for five games in a row, probably. And um, it's going to be something good to watch. That's why we play the games. That's why we love watching the games. That's why we love to mm-hmm. predict and everything. Because you don't know. I mean, if this was a foregone conclusion that the, the APs already got the top four teams, we might not even play the season. We might as well just let, just let Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, and Florida State go at it and say forget everybody else. But – but I think Ohio State's going to play with a chip on their shoulder. And, Justin, how does Tennessee play with this pressure now? They're not used to being in this role where they're above Florida and Georgia projected. How do they How do they handle this pressure? And they haven't beat Florida in 10 years. They haven't beaten Alabama and about that. So, so where do they go? How do they play? Well, it's funny. Tennessee um, and uh, – Clemson and Michigan haven't been ranked this high in a long time. And more specifically, Tennessee and Michigan, last time they were ranked uh, this high, both those teams, you know, Michigan had the Appalachian State season. Tennessee didn't even go to a bowl game. So, you know, the, the pressure and the expectations are a lot higher than these teams have shown lately. I think last year was good for Tennessee. They got a taste of what it's like to be in the big spots in the big time, and I think the mistakes they made in crunch time, they won't make again this year, whether it was coaching, playing, whatever. Um, so I think Tennessee really, it's, you know, because the schedule step, sets up a lot better because you don't have to deal with uh, Oklahoma. You know, you get Florida at home. You know, I, I honestly think that really helps them out, you know, getting Alabama at home. Those are three, you know, 
you don't have to play Oklahoma and you get the two games that you blew those leads in, you get them at home this year. Uh, you know, and Arkansas is off the schedule, which is huge. So uh, I really think Tennessee this year is going to make a deep run. Uh, I think this is a contender, and it's it's really going to come down to how much how much they trust Dobbs, and how much you know. In all honesty, they can't trust him because he hasn't proven that uh, passing wise he's good enough to uh, really lead a team to the promised land. Now we've seen teams who've made runs without great passing quarterbacks, but it's always nice when a quarterback can actually be a true dual threat. Hey, here's some here's some news, real guys, real quick out of Alabama. Alphonse Taylor, the offensive lineman that was uh, got arrested for a DUI and leaving the scene, actually is found not guilty. Uh, I don't know how that happens, but uh, Jonathan, I mean, this guy, offensive lineman, the second one has been arrested for punishment, really. What is that? It says, the latest report from ToddSports.com noted that records show Taylor tested negative for alcohol after calling Tuscaloosa police to report he struck a car in the parking lot. The responding officer said he performed poorly on the field sobriety test, but the lineman said he was fatigued and had bumped his head on the steering wheel. Um, Yeah, right. I mean, you know, there, there's a no. problem with the field sobriety test is that a lot, a lot of people would fail even if they are sober. You know, the whole walk in a straight line with one foot in front of the other, other and uh, the alphabet backwards thing. Uh, you know, there, there are some people who would struggle with that naturally. But I, I mean, it just goes to show that things are a little different in Tuscaloosa, where you know we saw at Ohio State this week, Torrance Gibson, um, a highly touted recruit, was suspended by the administration. Uh, it actually came down from the, it had, the athletics department had nothing to do with the suspension, and Urban Meyer disagreed with it openly. Uh, like, mm, nope, not a fan of this. Don't, nope, nope. You know, so I, I think there's a different standard at Alabama, and I'll honestly, uh, than a lot, a lot of programs. I really do. He bumped, he bumped his head, struck a car in a park. Hold on a minute, Lyle. You struck a car in a parking lot, okay? Now you tell, you talking about a 300 pound guy can't do a, a sobriety test because he bumped his head on a steering wheel, really, in a parking lot? I mean, it, it'd be different if he was in an interstate. It'd be different if you were, you know, but, I mean, but this is two offensive linemen that are playing in this game that shouldn't be. Yeah, that's Saban telling you that, hey, I'm putting winning ahead of it. You know what? The policeman all of a sudden he opens his mailbox and either he gets a death threat or a, a bag full of cash, and all of a sudden they change your story. You know, and that's, well, you that's know, he happened. he might have sustained a concussion, but let's let's not forget, yeah. you know, you can get a concussion from anything nowadays. Yeah, yeah, I I slept on the wrong spot this morning and I got a concussion. That oh my god, but Alabama, but here's another uh, announcement in Auburn: they did suspend. Their starting corner, Stephen Roberts, uh, um, game this week to week, really. He was arrested for um, fleeing a – I guess he had an illegal weapon, a handgun. It wasn't his and run from the police. And I think that's the right thing to do because the other guys in Auburn that got arrested in the spring or summer, they had time to deal with it and do it. You're a wicked team, man. You're You're not getting out of this one. And that shows how stupid the kid is. If you're Gus Malzahn, you have to suspend him, Jonathan, because you can't really handle that internally right now, the week of the game. You have to suspend him. 
Yeah, and I think we have some dust there. I think we'll be okay. Oh, I yeah, agree. Was, I think a, uh, suspension needed to happen. Yeah. Gus ain't playing this year, guys. I mean, he, he's not playing around with you. And uh, Gus is the type of person, if you get in his doghouse, it's just real hard to get out of it. So, uh, so we'll see, guys. And uh, Thursday night kicks off the football for us. Thursday night, Vanderbilt, South Carolina. There's just no really great games to watch Thursday night. I'm glad it's here. But if you look at the schedule we're looking at, Georgia State, Ball State, Army Temple. That's Friday night. Hold on. Let me go, let me go to Thursday. Let's see. Louisville, Charlotte should be a good one. Louisville's 40 favorite. Uh, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Minnesota, Oregon State. I mean, that's just piss poor football games. That's bad for college football. You do have Tennessee, Appalachian State playing. Friday night, you do have Stanford playing at least, Kansas State. But also, you get a chance to look at Arkansas State and see what they have for the next week at Auburn. You know, they're playing Toledo. That's going to be a good game. I think Arkansas State wins it. Um, but Saturday, guys, how can you – you know, I'm going to Auburn and and I'm going to watch a lot of games during the process. But, Jonathan, what a good day it is to stay home and watch football Saturday. If you're staying oh, it's def- oh, it definitely is. I mean, I um... – I was uh, I was supposed to make a trip to Key West, but we're actually having a, a tropical depression move in. Um, the Bucks game actually got preseason game got rescheduled to tomorrow. Uh, they're they're that uh, fearful of how much rain it's going to dump. So it sounds like I'm going to be home. Uh, and the, obviously the beauty of that is that I'll be able to watch uh, all these great games. You know, starting at noon with uh, Oklahoma and uh, Houston, and ending my night with you know Clemson and um, and Auburn. You know, I mean, it's, it's a hey, phenomenal. here's the deal, Jonathan. Mm-hmm. You put three, you put a hundred bucks on something to win, you lose three hundred if they lose. That's where a lot of people are going to lose some money Saturday night. Uh, I mean, if Auburn pulls off that upset, it'll be it'll be uh, a great one to start. The it's season. Not an upset. Wow. It's not an upset, guys. I'm telling you, it's not an upset. Yeah. It would be an upset. It's an upset, upset, Brian. To me, it wasn't. To me, it wouldn't be. I'm telling you, to me, it wouldn't be an upset. I'm expecting well, Auburn to win. An upset well, to me is like, shit, we're, we're a 20 point dog here, and we just pull one off. You know, like we beat Florida a couple of times. We're 20 point underdogs. Being a touchdown underdog is really not an upset, really. I mean, to me. Well, well, let just, me ask. You, you never really, you know, I, I, not, none of us really said who our four playoff teams are and who we have playing for the title. You know, Brian, who do you who do you have in the playoffs? Who do you have playing for, and who do you have winning? Ooh, I have, um, I have, remember I had Ohio State from the Big Ten. I had Florida State from the ACC. I had two SEC teams. Well, and who's so in the title? So what we'll have is. So what we'll have is LSU playing Bar State, Tennessee playing Ohio State. I have Tennessee and Florida State, and Tennessee winning the national championship. Wow, thanks for that. Um, Quinn, what are you thinking? Well, for, well, I think, <laughs> I think Florida State for sure, but then – 
Florida State, Ohio State, but then I think Michigan goes 11-1 and with their only loss to Ohio State. And then I think what Tennessee, I think, oh, yeah, I have Florida State and Alabama and then Ohio State, but then I have it's hard. Michigan and Tennessee who who will be, who I think could be 11, 11 well, yeah, yeah, be uh, twelve and yeah. one for twelve and one for uh, for Tennessee because I think they go undefeated in the regular season and then lose to Bama in the championship well, game. So it's, it's hard to tough. predict this stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, if, if I'm going to put it out there, I have uh, Florida State, LSU. Michigan and Oklahoma, and I have LSU playing Florida State for the title with Florida State winning. Yeah, uh, the, of course. Oh, uh, you know, for me is I think Notre Dame could be eleven and one. So you could have multiple so eleven yeah, yeah, and one teams. Yeah, but, yeah, but they don't play in a conference though. But they don't play in a conference. I know that that could hurt them. That's why I think they might just be on the outside. But imagine this: you have Michigan at eleven and one. Tennessee at twelve and one, Notre Dame at eleven and one. What? How crazy would that be if that actually happened? Oh, and it would be nuts. Eighteen playoffs. Eighteen playoffs, I mean, like Jonathan said, next year. Oh yeah, I mean, think about it. Look at that Notre Dame schedule. They got lucky this year as far as their five ACC games, because they get Duke at home, Syracuse and uh, New Jersey. At NC State the week before Stanford, okay, all right, you know, you got my attention. Bye week for Miami at home. You got Virginia Tech at home before they go to USC. You know, if Notre Dame's playing, let's say you swap out the, um, you know, Syracuse or Duke for Clemson being a home game, you know, and you get North Carolina instead, all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, you're going to play – North Carolina, you're going to play Clemson, you're going to play Miami, you're going to play Virginia Tech, you know, let's, you know, and they play NC State. Well, wait a minute. That's a good five-game run with at Texas, Michigan State, Stanford, USC, even Navy, who's no pushover. I think Navy's going to be a pretty good team again this year. You know, yeah. so Notre Dame's schedule, I mean, if they go 11-1, people are going to look at it and go, well, who, you know, we, we see some of the teams you beat, but – you know, you beat Army, Big Wolf, you beat Duke, you beat Syracuse, you know, you beat Nevada. People are going to really think twice, you know. And it's funny because if you look at BYU's schedule, and I'm not saying BYU is going to run the table, but if BYU does, that means they beat Arizona at Utah, UCLA, West Virginia and Maryland, Toledo, who's a good team, at Michigan State, Mississippi State, at Boise State, at Cincinnati. You know, it's like you look at that run, it's like – yeah, you're not beating, you know, consistent top 25 teams, but that's still a pretty tough run. If BYU goes undefeated, there's going to be conversation about them. You know, and, and I think if Houston goes undefeated, there's going to be conversation there as well. So it, yeah. it can set up to be a very I interesting year. I can't put LSU. I can't put LSU in, guys, the more I think about it. That's hard. I mean, to get two from a same conference is going to be – is going to be difficult. And I don't think you can lose the SEC championship game and get into the playoff unless you're undefeated. Like like Quinn yeah. said, if, if Tennessee's 12 and 0 and Alabama was uh, 11 and 1, and Alabama beat them for the first time in the season, then they they split. I could see 
uh, 12-1 versus 12-1 uh, and 1 going into the playoffs. I can see both of them going. LSU is going to have a loss if they do lose the SEC championship game. So they're not getting in if they lose that. So I was and stupid I'll, to even say that. But Tennessee's going John, now. Yeah. And Jonathan, I'll say, I'll say I think the most scariest game about Notre Dame for me is at USC. And that's where I think they could get tripped up. I think they could be 11 and 0 going into that game and go to USC and lose in a close game. That's and, what I, that's that what I'm thinking happen. That freaks that game freaks me out. But, but you I know, think it's favored in every other game except for maybe that one. Well, I mean, if Notre Dame goes undefeated and just humor me for a minute, the odds of this happening are very slim. But Florida State. Oklahoma, uh, Michigan, uh, LSU, and Notre Dame were all undefeated. LSU and Florida State get in, no doubt, right? Mm-hmm. Ohio, um, undefeated Michigan, undefeated Oklahoma, undefeated Notre Dame. Who gets left out? Probably Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah, Oklahoma because of the way they've been performing in postseason. Yeah, I, that's what I'm kind of oh, thinking but, as well. But but the, but, the, but the committee loves conference champions, though, man. I mean, it, they, they they put so much weight on that. Like, right, but it's twelve and zero against twelve and zero now. And see that I think that's the big difference. I mean, just for grins. <laughs> Who are the 12 and 0 teams again? Notre Dame and Oklahoma? Yeah. And no, Notre Dame and Stanford. They're right. I mean, then let's say Stanford yeah. or USC wins the Pac 12, or at least they play each other in the Pac 12 title game. I mean, you know, and Miami plays in the ACC title game or Virginia Tech. All of a sudden, you're like, well, wait a minute. I mean, you know, they played three conference, uh, three division champs. Oklahoma just beat up and you know beat anybody else in their conference, and you're like, well, how strong is their conference? You know, because honestly, yeah, this Notre is a Dame year knows. where it seems almost clear cut, right? So I'm thinking, you know, Notre Dame. I think they're 11 and 0 going to that USC game, and I think they control their own destiny, and that's where USC yeah, I think, just comes up and just them. You got to remember, Notre Dame doesn't. They don't play the cupcakes on their schedule like a lot of teams do. They get that that free game, really. You know, they get that. That free chance to to beat up on somebody. Notre Dame usually plays a tougher schedule, and and look, things matter. You know the ratings took a hit last year in the college playoff. Let's not forget uh, Notre Dame being in that game would be huge. I mean, Brings it would be a huge lot for ratings. Yeah, yeah it does. Uh, Notre and they said the Alabama Notre Dame game, even though it was a blowout, had better ratings than the full Alabama. Last year, it was a fourth quarter. Uh, two top teams in the country, one of the best quarterbacks, but yet Notre Dame brings the people. And that's it. If Notre Dame is in there. If Michigan or Ohio State's in there. I mean, you're going to get some ratings. Football's a lot better when Michigan's good and Notre Dame's good and Ohio State's good. Auburn's good for me, but I can't. Yeah. I can't say Alabama though. <laughs> But you're right. I mean, it does seem that college football is better when you have Michigan, Ohio State, and Notre Dame being mm-hmm. good teams. Even when Texas is a good team, to be honest, uh, you know, 
it seems like, yeah. you know, those four teams, they carry so many eyes and that, you know, whenever they're good, it just seems that college football winds up having a better season. And, of course, the ratings are high mm-hmm. um, for those games. I mean, if we got a playoff game and it was uh, Michigan and Notre Dame, I think the state, I honestly, I think the country might explode uh, well, with as many people that are trying to get in. They got better ratings in the playoffs last year. You know what bowling that was? Uh, Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame, Ohio State. Notre, Notre, yep. That was probably the best yeah. game. I mean, that was awesome. I love watching that game. And there were two teams that people love to watch. And Notre Dame was in there. I'm telling you, that was the most viewed game out of all of them. <laughs> so, uh, if Notre Dame gets a chance to get in there, they're going to get them in there, guys. I'm telling you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a chance for Notre Dame to get in, and there's an argument. Guess what? Notre Dame's in, whether they deserve it or not. That name recognition alone, man, and it cares a lot. And uh, no, no, no offense, Quinn. I mean, you know, Notre Dame. You know, their their names yeah. carries a lot of weight. I know that. Where if Auburn can I mean, go undefeated, they don't make it. You know. Oh, if Auburn went undefeated and didn't make it, there'd be some highway robbery. Yeah, they're they're you know, if if Notre Dame beat Stanford last year, is it not an interesting debate between Notre Dame, Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah. I mean it is, but that would have been a what, great what debate. You look at, Jonathan. Here's what you look at. What is Oklahoma what did they do last year? They were there. They got skull drugged by Clemson. And, you, and and that goes in the voters' mind, and it's like, what haven't we seen? We haven't seen Notre Dame in there. We're putting them in there. And they have probably one of the best coaches in the country. You can't deny that. Can I ask and a question? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, we're talking about Notre Dame. Um, does USC season matter? Does USC need it to be in the contention? What if USC is an eight-win eight team? Of the last week, does no, that matter? Well, I it mean, could. it Texas, could. If Oklahoma's undefeated, it could. If Oklahoma's undefeated, of course. But I mean, we saw last year Oklahoma got in. They lost. They lost what a five-win Texas team. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they got beat down by five ones. Uh, a terrible Texas team. Yeah. I think I think Oklahoma is in the full bag season. You, you see it. Lot with Oklahoma, when so. their rank preseason really high, they already tank. So, I hate Oklahoma. Well, I do. I hate them. <laughs> I can't stand yeah. them. Well, at least you haven't lost three times this decade. I know, right? But I'm just tired of hearing big game Bob every time and getting. I was sitting there scratching my head last year, like, how in the hell is Oklahoma favorite over an undefeated Clemson team? I can't get it. And then they get beat by 40, and I'm like, okay, that's all I need to see. The Bob is right. good in a conference where they don't where, where they don't tackle people. He he loves to play in that conference. See, the difference is Texas is a, a defensively physical team, and they. They bitched. I mean, they bitched them around. They made Oklahoma their bitch. That's what they did. Yeah. And I game. called and, that. And that's what Clemson I called did. that. I mm-hmm. said Texas will win. Yeah, you did. Yeah. yeah, you did. You did, Quinn. Congratulations. So, and I so think Quinn, Texas will Texas beat them Texas going to beat Notre Dame? 
Texas is going to beat Notre Dame this year? I hope not. I think it'll be huh. a, I think it'll be about a seven point game, but I think I think uh, Notre Dame pulls it off. I think it'll be like twenty one fourteen, something like that. I'm calling the upset. I'm calling Texas first game of the year. Oh man, okay. I can't do that. I I got Notre Dame winning. There, I trust their I trust their quarterbacks more, and I trust their recruiting yeah. more. You know, I'm just messing with Gwen, man. He wanted to try and get a reaction. <laughs> yeah. well, it's funny how many people are picking Texas, though. Well, let me look at it again. I mean, I've just said that without really studying it too much. It's a just night game. Whole thing. It's a yeah. night but game Texas in Austin. Texas doesn't have a quarterback, though. Texas doesn't have a quarterback, though. And that's kind of like, how do you pick against Notre Dame? You don't even know Texas is quarterback situation, really. That's the, that's the problem. And and Brian Kelly can t- can take a guy working at a car wash and put him in up and make him a good quarterback, and that's mm-hmm. that's the difference right there. I think Brian Kelly's a better coach than Charlie Strong. Texas, it could be a four four game. It could be Texas winning up until the end. And they're facing like they always find a way to win, man. It's just ways to win. I will say. Well, all right, go ahead, Jason, I will, say, we go. I will say that it's going to be one weekend in this season that everything comes upside down. It always happens. I can't can't point out the weekend, but there is always that weekend that all the top teams lose. So, it could be the first could one. Could it be the first one? It could one. be the first one. Yeah, it, it could. could be. could be. I would love it. Wouldn't that be nice if Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Oklahoma lost? I mean, wouldn't that be great? I mean, wouldn't that be oh, just yeah. – I mean, uh, sitting there, uh, the Ole Miss beat uh, Florida State by 20. I mean, just uh, – Whoa. Down and, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean – to be perfectly honest, I would love it if USC beat Alabama, and I would love it if Houston beat Oklahoma. Just those two games. That's all I need, um, apart from the Florida State game. Oh, and Auburn beat Clemson. I'd love that, too. If Alabama, Clemson, yeah, and Oklahoma all lost, to be perfectly honest, I'd be happy. I think most of the country would be happy. You know, Everybody would just be giggling and going, ha-ha, three playoff teams went down the first week in games they, they probably had no business losing. Here, I'm going to give you guys an upset for the week. I'm going to pick Southern Miss over Kentucky to win outright. So, you guys – but I've already given you Auburn. That's, that's an a, upset? That's a free grab your – that's a free grab your bookie by the balls. If you get any, I'm trying to get people. Grab him by the balls and bankrupt him in week one if you want to. <laughs> we'll do it now. you got to call now at 1-800. I don't know the rest of the number, but you know what I mean. Call your bookie. Is that, that really an upset, though? No. According to I Vegas, mean, it is, but to me, it's not. I mean, Kentucky's not very good. Southern Miss was very good last year. I, I don't think that would be an upset. You know, that's like people saying Vanderbilt's an upset in South Carolina. Well, well they both well, I got them upset. I got them upset. Kansas upset. State goes into the fall no. Friday night. And beat Stanford. No. 
No, no, not buying it. Panthers no. freaking them in the new quarterback. New quarterback. Uh, I'm I'm telling you. Hold on, I'm gonna try to pull up the line on that, Jason, so you can see. Let me. I think it's like yeah. 15. Maybe if it was in Kansas State, just because mm-hmm. Kansas State is how to play it. But it's in Stanford. I think. I think Stanford wins. Right, how about Mason, this one? Texas A and M beats UCLA. Well, hell, Texas A and M favorite. A and M favorite. Really? I think UCLA yeah, wins. The, all right, all right, I'm, I'm done talking. I'm not. done talking. I didn't know that line. I'm done no. talking. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. I mean, Jason's looking at the rankings. He's in UCLA like at 15, but they have been not ranked. And they like, uh, A&M's going to beat them. No, I, that's upset. That's no I just want to say some crazy stuff. <laughs> but I'm going to say UCLA is going to have a problem on the road in that game. I mean, if you want crazy, hold on. Let me just pick a random team here and go with crazy. Nope, not that one. Nope. Nope. No. Hold on. I'm going to find Western Michigan upsets Northwestern. There you go. There, there, There is an upset. Yeah, Oddly right. enough, that could happen. That's what's funny. Um, I told you Georgia, North Carolina is going to beat Georgia, too. Nobody listens to me. UMass is going to beat Florida. I don't know how, but they're going to do it. <laughs> um, <laughs> what if that happens? How much would you laugh? Oh, my season might be made at that point. I <laughs> <laughs> Hawaii over Hawaii over Michigan. How about that? Uh, oh, that's 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 rude. Um, Bowling Green you could beat Ohio State. I'm gonna say I, I was I'm looking for it. yeah Bowling Green could beat Ohio State. Uh, Appalachian State could beat Tennessee. I'm telling you, don't sleep on App State. I don't honestly think they're gonna do it, but. Wasn't that soft uh, for Tennessee fans after all that? After all you saw how good you are, Appalachian State beat you week one. I mean, <laughs> wouldn't you just kill yourself if you're a Tennessee fan? Yeah, I think that's a game ender. Uh, that, 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 that's it. You're, all right, shut the program down. We're done. We're done. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Miami, Ohio beats Iowa uh, as much as they suck. Kent State beats Penn State just because they suck. Um, oh, here you go. Albany in a battle of New York. Albany upsets Buffalo because Buffalo is terrible. <laughs> Eastern Michigan loses the Mississippi Valley State. Uh, uh, at this point, I'm looking at crack uh, teams. Oh, Nevada's going to lose to Cal Poly. Um, yeah. South Dakota beats New Mexico. Uh, South Carolina State beats UCF. I'm back at UMass beating Florida. Please happen. Um, North Carolina right, Central guys, beats we gotta go. Duke. I've had enough. I've had enough fun. We gotta go. All right. We're losing <laughs> listeners here with with all y'all stupidity. Oh <laughs> come on now. You know one of them's gonna win. You know one of them's gonna win. I think I just listed all of them. 
we covered it. We would be yeah. doing this all night, probably just talking about. <laughs> yeah. So here's your game. You guys are gonna be Florida guys. That is. <laughs> go grab North Carolina. Go grab Southern Cal, and go grab Auburn, and just go to the bank Monday morning. Now it's closed Monday, Labor Day. Tuesday morning, go to your bookie's house and spend $25,000. And then send me a check for 2500 for giving you this information. Just do a two-team parlay of uh, Notre Dame and Florida State laying the points. You're going to win everything you need to win. Okay, we'll see. I'm going to do right option and see if I win. <laughs> Hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta, I gotta let you know my five. I did a five-team parlay about two months ago, and I forgot what it was. Let's see now if it is, and let's see, let's see what we look like here. Y'all ready to hear my five-team parlay I put in about two months ago? Bring it on! Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Here we go for twenty-five, twenty bucks to win five hundred. I got the Carolina Panthers minus two and a half against Denver. All right, I've got Texas A&M minus two against UCLA. That lines up to three now. I've got North Carolina plus three against Georgia. That lines at two and a half now. I've got USC plus ten against Bama. That lines at eleven, I think. And I've got Texas plus four and a half. Those five teams right there for five hundred bucks. So Notre Dame can win. They just can't win by, by more than four. So at this point, you're calling Brian Kelly and saying, hey, can you go ahead, if you're up by like 10 points, just allow a fumble return for a touchdown as time expires to win by three. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. Thanks, man. That'd be great. That'd be great. <laughs> or you're up by four, going to kick the extra point, and you just go into the locker room. You don't even kick it. Time expires. <laughs> I've had that happen. I've had that happen. Tell the kicker, son, you're going to get a scholarship. Just shank this one. (laughs) I have had that happen to me. I think it was the Eagles or Giants or somebody. I remember I was celebrating and everything, and all of a sudden they walk off the field. I'm like, what in the hell? I'll be like, come back. Oh, the Packers did that to me a a couple years ago where they're like, okay, we're going to line up for the two-point conversion. Why? Oh, it was, a, it was a Hail Mary game against Detroit. Detroit touchdown. You gotta go. You gotta go for the extra point. They took a two point conversion to the knee. I'm like, no, two extra point. What am I for? <laughs> I know, man. It's fishy. Some of that stuff is. And Matt Dallas trying to do an extra point one time. All they had to do was kick the extra point. The guy got it and bobbled it and fumbled it. His and fell backwards in it, and and then I lost that game. And I'm like. But I had a heart attack. That's why you don't gamble, guys, unless you got the money to do it, okay? Just have fun with it. Do I not, mean. Do not bet football without having enough money. You pay all your bills. You pay all your bills, mm-hmm. 401K, whatever, and then you bet a, you put a bet on there. But it's easy, to, get, it's easy is, to lose it, man. All I know is I had an argument over whether Chris Davis stepped out of bounds or not. And he's pr- oh, sitting there God. yelling, he didn't step out, I win, deal with it. I can't tell you how excited that kick six was. And then the Georgia Tech Florida State one happened, and it's like, oh, great, this is what it's like to be on the other end of it. Yeah, but you didn't have a national championship to lose at least on that one, so you, you were okay. 
Because a Bama fan, you got to admit, you got to admit, you got to admit, think about the two last two times Auburn beat Alabama. I mean, in 2010, to be down 24 to nothing and have them come back in your house and beat you. And then in 2013, you're trying to three-peat. We run a kick-six back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it couldn't be sweeter. So, Bama, have your national championships. I'll take my kick-six. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm saying, that? you know, Bama preseason number one. If they are, bet Auburn and bet the under on the win total. Right. And I will I will put a, a 50 buck bet on Auburn to win a national championship because if you hit something like that, and it's not just Auburn, I, I don't do that just one team. If you go down right now and you, you start looking at odds of teams, you got to look, is this team possible to win a championship? And you got to think of it. You got to picture it first. Could Auburn win a national championship? Of course they could. They, they've done it, and that's what you got to do. You got to look for those. Like the, to, mm-hmm. let me see, to win, to, to win the college football championship right now. Let me give you an example of Alabama's the favorite, of course. It's plus six hundred. But Baylor, if you took Baylor, if you think they could do it, plus sixty five hundred guys. I mean, you put a hundred dollars to win sixty five hundred. That's not. That's not a stretch to say that that Baylor wins a national championship, is it? I mean, Georgia at five thousand—that's a stretch to me. I don't, I don't like that. But let me look. Let me look at Auburn and tell you where they are. They may not even be on the list. They're so bad. Uh, Auburn's plus ninety-five hundred. So if you put a hundred dollars down, you could win ninety-five hundred if Auburn wins. That's a good payday right there. I mean, that's a. That's let a me good, ask you, Brian. Since you're looking at it, what's USC right now? USC is plus 6,200. See, that's not a bad one. Uh, I mean, Alabama, you're like, oh, why? Ohio State, probably Hawaii. LSU and Florida State, I'd imagine you're like, ah, Clemson the same. But, you know, I'm looking at, like, USC, um, and I'd be looking at Auburn as, like, my two – Teams where it's like yeah. let's let's poke this one and see where 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 it is. Well, here's Mississippi State, Jonathan, at twenty five thousand. So you talk about Auburn and Mississippi State. I mean, Auburn's nine thousand. Mississippi State's like there's not a shot in hell. Twenty five thousand. I mean, oh, I mean, why waste your money on Mississippi State? Oklahoma's a plus nine fifty. I mean, that's pretty good value right there for uh, Ohio State plus nine hundred. Notre Dame What's plus Notre Dame? See, plus Notre Dame I can be talked into. See, look at that. Does Florida look at State move off 1,000? Florida State's uh, 1,100. Oh, wow. So, they went down. i got to imagine Michigan's gone down from being the favorite at, like, plus, at plus 600. They've got to be, what, plus an eight or nine now? They're, they're plus 1050. Yeah. Michigan State's 8,000. We know... See, but what I'm saying is, like Quinn, you said Oklahoma State, right? You said Oklahoma State won the Big 12. Well, that would be a perfect yeah. opportunity for you to put a $100 bet to win $7,200. Oklahoma State won the Big 12 and went to the playoff, would say, and they got a shot. So you got to, you got some great odds to do that. So I'm going to go ahead yeah. and put $10,000 on Auburn at 9500 How much is that? Sounds like a lot of wasted money, but all right. <laughs> if they won that, could you imagine? 
No, actually, Clemson's favored to win the, the thing at plus 525. Mm. That's a wasted mm-hmm. bet right there. After all, Auburn's going to show you, uh, because what happens is if Auburn beats Clemson, all of a sudden at 9,500, they're going to they're gonna drop down to about 2,500 all of a sudden. And then, you know, you're going to get – so what I'm saying is if you like Auburn, you think they can win it, or any team for that matter, you better do it now. Because as soon as they upset somebody, those odds go to hell and back. What kills me it's is Florida's just... plus 7,000. They have no chance whatsoever. <laughs> so what? I mean, like, I guess because they play in the East. And Jonathan, or Jason, your guys, Kansas State, Kansas State's at plus 25,000, and Sanford's at plus 3,000. So there, there goes your upset. Friday night. Yeah. Well, and if Deshaun Watson stays healthy, does he win the Heisman? Um, probably. I think Fournette does. If if, if LSU wins the West, Fournette wins it. Oh no, Dalvin Cook does. I mean, come on. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about him. I forgot. He's a great one. He was hurt last I'm year in the first play. He took it seventy-five yards. I love Dalvin, but he's not going to win the Heisman unless he has a bunch of long touchdown runs because Jimbo's going to lighten his workload this year. I mean, Fournette, I think think Fournette, McCaffrey, and Watson have to be your top three Heisman candidates. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you right now, if I put a $10,000 bet in for Auburn, let me tell you what it will win me. It'll win me $950,000. Could you imagine? Oh. I tell my wife, honey, don't – I say, baby, I'm not going to work for a couple of years, okay? Yeah, but Brian, <laughs> if you lost, you'd have to find a new wife. <laughs> if I lost, I'd just kill myself, and she could cash in the insurance policy. Oh, well, she wins either way. Go ahead and place it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a pretty good husband. But – uh. Guys, we're here. Sunday night's going to be a big show here. We're going to talk about all these things we predicted. We're going to talk about that Auburn win over Clemson. We're going to talk about maybe that upset Southern Cal over Alabama. So, so we'll see. There's going to be a lot of happy people here. There may be a lot of sad people. We'll see. Part of State plays Monday night, so Jonathan still could be happy at that time, but he could be crying after that. Thanks, Brian. Love you, too. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that you're the, you're the only one of us not playing yet. You won't be playing at the time of our next show. We we may do a Labor Day show. Maybe do it Labor Day night before the game or something to to recap. Well, my quickly. team's still playing at <laughs> Oregon's playing the School of the Deaf and yeah. the Blind. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> the, the Deaf School. Yeah, that's not, not even on TV. It's not even on TV because nobody can watch it. Yeah, wow. yeah. I'm, I'm really scared. Oh, Oregon, that might be Oregon's only win. You see, Davis. That, that's terrible. I know. I mean, I'm that telling you, if, 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 if you play in the win. school of the deaf and blind, yeah, they go 1 and 11. Yeah. <laughs> I got that. You hear all you, this you reverse jinxing? What? Jacing. It's called Jacing now. Yeah, Jacing. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing but reverse Jacing here. Oregon's going to go one eleven clearly, 
No doubt yeah. about it. There's no <laughs> way they win any games. Expectations are super low. And yep. then they finish nine and three, and he's and he's pissed off. Yeah, Auburn, Auburn's zero and twelve this year. We will keep mouths on, <laughs> even though he's zero and twelve. <laughs> and Florida State will go twelve and zero because I don't believe in the reverse jinx. <laughs> I don't either. I say war damn eagle, and I say if you want some Saturday night, you better be there at nine Eastern. Quinn and I'll be there, battled up, geared up, ready to go. Won't we, Quinn? Yep, we'll be ready. Send me your phone number, man, so I can. Uh, yeah, so I'll I message can, uh, you it. Yeah. So I can inter- introduce you to. Uh, I'm gonna give you a five month production. To me. Okay. You ever heard of that? No. Jonathan, you haven't. A five-knuckle introduction? (laughs) Of course I've heard of a five-knuckle introduction. I love you, Quinn. I have have love for you, man. I have love. But make sure you wear orange now, Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, I'll be wearing orange. Hey, I'm making trip down to South. I may wear an I may wear an Alabama shirt. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Oh, um, I don't know if you make it out of into the stadium alive, but I'd be okay. You got my attention. Yeah, yeah I would be shot in that level. Corky Frost would shoot me in the back of the head. He sits right behind me. Uh, big Auburn booster. <laughs> I brought an Alabama fan to a game one time. He looked at me like, I will kill you, dude. I will actually kill you. He looked at me, and I was like, hey, it's all right, man. This guy's cool, but he's not. Uh, but anyway, my big prediction Saturday night is is you're going to see John Frank. You're going to see all three Auburn quarterbacks play, and and I think all three of them play pretty well. So we'll see. I'm ready, man. You know what? Everybody's got a chance the first game, so mm-hmm. everybody's got a chance. That's what makes it special. You lose to Jacksonville State, though, almost. You realize your season may be long, so um, that's just the way it goes. But, guys, have a good week. Enjoy college football. It's finally here. We finally have something to talk about for the next few months. So let's have some fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sounds good. I look forward to hearing from you guys after uh, – after the games. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Yep. We'll talk to you then. All right, Jason. Go go you ready up play again? Um Go Ducks. Go Al UC Davis. Davis. Yeah, UC Davis. Yeah. I didn't I, mean, I didn't even know they had a team. No, they're not. <laughs> All right, guys. Y'all have fun. We'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. See ya. Bye.